I liked how in Detective Pikachu, the climax of the movie takes place at what is looks like a parade. Yes. They have like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day floats. Mm-hmm. Except, you know, they're filled with poisonous gas. Um, and, and, and I like how... And they're all Pokemon instead and they're of all, just Pikachu. They're all Pokemon instead of like Garfield and Snoopy and whatever. Yeah. But I like how they made them look like the Pokemon that we see. Okay. Implying that like the cartoon Pokemon and the game Pokemon... Yeah. They're not different from the Pokemon that are in Detective Pikachu. Because in Detective Pikachu, they're more realistic looking. It's actually just how you would draw a Pikachu... If you were trying to make it into something, you know, oh my low poly or I didn't whatever, even think of that. So it's like they're kind of infer- implying to us that that the Pokemon that you see are based on real Pokemon. They have been this whole time. It'd be like if we had a parade and one of the balloons was just a horse. Yeah, kind of. And or like, hey, look at this famous character, cow. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Well, I, I was actually going at it from a different direction. No, <laughs> but, yes, but now I'm thinking of like, like the comics page of of the yeah like that, Celadon that, City that uh, well, newspaper. That there has, are well known cartoon versions of animals that they no, see in real but life. Not even that. It's just that like it'd be like a comic. It'd be like a comic about dog that's just named yeah. dog <laughs> yeah. and it's like here's my experience with dog and that's just something they all live with and every they all day. just look like realistic versions of dog yeah pretty much very little differences they don't really cartoon them at all other than making the lines smoother mostly. yeah like i'm trying to think of like a funnier animal to talk about than that but it's all gonna be the same yeah. thing yeah like an ox <sighs> but it's just they call it ox yeah it's like, pretty much what you would see <laughs> not really made fun <laughs> just kind of smoother i'm really upset by this like <laughs> garfield in the pokemon universe is just a comic about a meowth named meowth you know yeah pretty much like um, this meowth loves money <laughs> and hates mondays yeah and looks exactly like the meowth you have at home yeah or any other meowth and you know it's also just this animal has an emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. uh you fight with it mm-hmm. and also here's a comic about it yeah. Or a balloon. <laughs> I, was, I was really going at it from a different direction in that they're trying to sell us on like how well they re- made the new versions of Pikachu, you know? No. Like, we nailed it so hard that the ones that you see are how you would make a cartoon Pikachu, we assure you. If there were real Pikachus, this is what would happen with them. If they were going to make a cartoon out of it, they would look exactly like the Pikachu's that you see in your life. But yours is probably more I'm really ups- unnerving. I'm a little upset about this. It kind of makes you think. It makes, you, it makes me honestly think that there is no creativity in the Pokemon universe. I was just going to say that. It makes you think that the people in their universe have no imagination. They probably don't because they have Pokemon. Yeah. Because Pokemon is such a, like, a wild thing. I mean, if there were dragons around you that you could ride, yeah, it would probably affect your imagination a little bit. And you could evolve them at any point. Yeah, your whole the theory of evolution would be a whole nother. Do you think they'd be like people could be like a crazier evolved version of a person? Maybe you know. I mean, the guy in the movie seemed to think so. Oh, you're right. That he was pretty much glorified because he thought of that. Yeah. Ooh. There's. 
I'm just wondering now what what do they make fictional characters about? Like somebody probably does it, and people like it's probably just, just crap all over their idea. Why would you make fictional yeah. creatures? But like when there's Pokemon, what and, direction and would clearly, you even go? And in the movie and in the new game, Pokemon is also sports. Yeah, they don't even have football. Presumably, they just have Pokemon. Yeah, like Pokemon are clearly. Humanity is just lazy at this point because Pokemon can just do everything. People for them. have already commented at length the degree to which the economy of the Pokemon world is completely dominated by Pokemon usage in every aspect. Oh, absolutely. But I think we're really onto a new thing about how insanely limited these people's imaginations have become <laughs> in that they don't even have fictional characters. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Like going into because like the giant Blastoise balloon, it yeah. wasn't like a Blastoise in a costume. No, it, you know, it wasn't like a Blastoise with a hat. Even can you imagine being like the one guy in the Pokemon universe who is like who like creates Garfield, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what what kind of Pokemon is this? Did you discover a new Pokemon? You have to tell me if you do. <laughs> we well, need to bring this to Professor Oak. Is it, Garfield, no, you man, say it's called? It's just and like, it just it's says just, Garfield, Garfield, Garfield? Or it's just like a... But for him, it'd be like a really fat Meowth. And yeah. they're like, what's wrong with your Meowth? And be like, <laughs> no, nah, it's like a... It's a specific Meowth that I thought up. Yeah. That has things that it does in its life that are different from regular Meowths. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it likes lasagna or hates Mondays. Yeah. And they would all just... Just hate but it. We know Meowths just want coins. We know what Meowths are like. <laughs> they, they just get coins. What are you doing to Meowth? This is very inaccurate. Yeah. We're all literalists. Boy, that's rough. I guess that makes sense because the Pokemon world was initially designed for like seven-year-olds, probably. So No, hold on. Now you're thinking too hard about it. <laughs> Thank you so much. 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 So much so you know how in inception yeah uh michael kane is presumably the grandfather of Cobb's children yes and michael kane is the most british person ever yep Maul is the most French person ever. Yeah. And Leonardo DiCaprio is clearly extremely American. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm with you. Which initially seems confusing, right? Like, yeah, I was trying to this person. I was trying to square that and I couldn't quite figure it out. But here's here's what happened. Okay, I'm ready. Christopher Nolan, his dad's British, his mom's American. He spent his entire youth flying back and forth between London and Evanston, Illinois. Okay. And he has a super British accent. Oh. And, and his brother, Jonathan oh. Nolan, has a super American accent. Oh, weird. So that probably didn't... He doesn't, probably, he doesn't give a crap about accents. He doesn't care. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to say that it's like semi-autobiographical, although a lot of people have pointed out how much he looks kind of like Leonardo DiCaprio. He always like has one character in his movie version. that looks like Christopher Nolan. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, he. I could see that totally being something he'd be like, yeah, this is my normal. Yeah, having a dad. You don't have with parents different with different accents. Yeah. <laughs> Do we ever establish whose parent he is? I assumed it was Maul. I presumed from that that it's Leo's dad. Really? And just because of the British English thing or the British American thing, yeah, that French doesn't really work into it. It doesn't in christopher nolan's life i just thought he, he didn't really like it. talk to him like it would be his dad but i don't know if like christopher nolan had a real close relationship with his dad that's either. also true 
It could be that. So now I'm you're so, convincing me. And on that. so the other thing I was thinking was that um, Michael Caine didn't seem as mad <laughs> as someone would presumably be at somebody who maybe killed his daughter. Yeah, that's true. Kind of seemed like someone who would be very willing to believe him. Yeah, when no one else did. Yep. Totally, that's true. So, I would think his dad, or, you know, Cobb's dad, I don't know, though. <laughs> like, there's so many points. It truly this, doesn't matter. It's No, this movie is, like, the perfect example of just not giving you details for so many things, and just seeing what you'll go along with. Well, and definitely the best part of that is that it does, it can get away with it by saying, dream logic, done. Pretty much. And it feels like Dream Logic a little bit when I watched it this time that I didn't realize the first four times I saw it. I I saw this movie four times in the theaters somehow. Nice. Not intentionally. <laughs> yeah. I just somehow... The first two times I did, yes, because mm-hmm, I thought mm-hmm. it was so cool. Yeah. And this came out 2010. Yep. Like, man, just... I was like out of college, just yeah. out of college, and I was just discovering movies. <laughs> Good time to go to movies. And this theater. was like my favorite movie. Yeah. So I did want to like get back into it and mm-hmm. see like did is this still good yeah did i really overhype it mm-hmm. but and now i'm real i'm seeing like the oh yeah there's like a weird dream logic to it do yeah in that in that they you know get i don't want to jump too far ahead but getting into the whole like this movie as a metaphor for filmmaking thing obviously it has a lot of the this is necessary this isn't like yeah and you, that's clearly christopher nolan's whole jam yeah he does that in so many other movies where you look at it later and you're like hold on the details of this don't track or yeah they, they don't even give you the details about so many things doesn't matter hasn't he given a quote before about how it doesn't really matter if you can parse it out at the end the whole thing is that like in when you're in the movie is if is if you're logically following at yeah. that point yeah. that's what yeah. he wants yeah if you're going along if you're on board with what's happening that's all that's, that's important to him such an interesting philosophy yeah for mo- and i don't think it's wrong yeah i, think I actually awesome. think it's good yeah because it it it's like almost you know it is a philosophy of filmmaking and that like you in the moment of the film need to be on board yes and it's it's it is sort of manipulating you emotionally yeah and as long as you and i mean this is like the prestige and stuff like that too Mm -hmm. like as long as you aren't revealing the trick yeah then it it works and And i think there's if you can direct people's attention to what you think is important in that moment to get them to think what you're trying to get them to think essentially yeah if you can focus on that only and not have to focus on all this other stuff about whether or not it's going to make sense for people who are watching it on their 10th viewing and studying it really closely and taking notes. Yes. Then I think you are better equipped to put what you want in the movie and making sure that people get what you're saying. Yes. Instead of getting distracted by all these other details. Yeah. Which is so funny for this movie because this was one of the first movies I want to say. I think this is one of the first movies where the internet, like Reddit was a big thing Mm -hmm. and, and super popular and like all these people who are like nitpicky film started to be a thing. Yep. And people would like make graphs yeah. of how this whole movie was laid out. Yeah. As if that was like what you needed to understand the movie. And ultimately, the more you think about it, the less those graphs need to be there or make any sense. Yep. I think there are so many people who loved the movie. Yeah. Who well, me didn't, for one. <laughs> didn't try to track every single tiny little detail. Yeah. And they, one, had a way better time. 
they probably had more fun watching it and they probably connected to it emotionally better. Yeah, absolutely. And the movie, when you really peel it back, it just, the, so much of it's exposition on how the world works. Mm-hmm. Has, has there ever been a movie that has, has had to explain more about its own world? The only one I can think of is The Matrix. The Matrix, yeah, yeah totally. just did recently. Man, talked about but that they're too. both so, they're, they're both done so, I mean, pretty smoothly. It's yeah, not oh, like man. perfect, it's but they perfect, really do... Iron it out really well. Yeah, like I kept thinking while I was watching this of how great it was and how like I don't want to like make too many comparisons to like other movies that come out, yeah, you know, in like the okay, action though. realm, but it just of like I feel like we all got really spoiled with this one. Yeah, like how awesome it was and just how like you don't see a lot of movies that have this that are this big in how popular they are yeah that have a fun original sci-fi premise oh my gosh that isn't in space yeah almost all sci-fi has to do with space or aliens yep and this is like science fiction and like the old school like and not like a robert heinlein book necessarily but like or like uh what's a better example anyway it's just like a it's a great example of like a sci-fi idea yeah that is within reach of us of yeah. like modern time in some way in a in a weird way yeah i don't know and, and it's, it's just good, that explores interesting ideas right that, and it's a good metaphor for something we already yeah yeah it, it you're and you're not wrong it's very cool and i do like that they he's so dismissive of an actual explanation for this stuff yeah just when he's explaining to ariadne well the military made this so yeah. soldiers could use it, and <laughs> yeah. uh, then it, so a corporation did this. Presumably, he works for a military contractor. It seems they like, never say. It, it seems like he's an independent person, and uh, the Cobalt Corporation mm-hmm. is the one he's working for before. But I think he's an independent contractor, and he just gets hired by companies to do stuff. Probably because that's what it seems like. Because Cobalt, the the company or yeah. whatever, probably hired him to get into the other guys. You're yeah, into Saito's head. Yeah, and and so then I don't know. That's the thing. Saito, we're getting, trying to overexplain yeah, right? it. Saito tr- trying to get him to use the technology. Yeah. is clearly something that Cobalt doesn't like. Right. So I took that as being that it's Cobalt's stuff and oh. it's their technology. Anyway, who knows? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. That's how I read See, that. That's what's so interesting about this is that you can sort of like try and explain the yeah. motives for everything, but it doesn't matter. Plus, he kind of makes it sound like they wanted him to do this work for them. Yeah, he's the like best the architect. fact that he fails at stealing information from Saito, right? And then presumably Cobalt's going to kill him at that point. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> like, what kind of job is this? You know, where like you fail at one job and then they kill you. Well, so like, yeah. it's clearly some kind of. I don't know if he does work for them. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's well, clearly and, a weird under the table stuff. Yeah. Well, but the, uh, what is important is they get across the information to us about how he's trying to escape. You can, or he's scared of them. Yep. Or you know whatever. And and they also man even just in the opening sequence there's so much information they're giving you yeah about how one that they're in a dream mm-hmm. two that they're in a dream within a dream yep and that two levels down is yep. a way to trick someone into I love, who already has defenses up yeah I loved that they 
did the the gambit of a dream within a dream where they're explaining to him what they actually do. Yeah. Because it's like, one, exposition for us. Yep. Two, shows us how much trickery is involved. Yeah. And how that's the best strategy. Yeah. And then also does shows us how the dream within a dream thing works. Yep. And, and the idea of people not knowing if they're in a dream. Yeah. Which is kind of the overarching thing for Leonardo or for Cobb. Yes. He doesn't know if he's in a dream, kind yes. of. Do you um, want to talk about there's that? There's just so much in there that's great. It's, it's such a dense movie. Yeah. And uh, I can see why people now sort of get a little annoyed by it. In because people have ruined it in the sense that they've really tried to overanalyze some of this stuff. Yeah. Maybe we won't get into it yet, but the whole idea that the whole movie is them incepting Cobb into yeah. letting go of his wife's death, kind yeah. of. Yeah. 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 We don't have to get into that yet. Yeah. I, I'd rather Related. talk more about Because I actually did notice a lot of things which and i've never read anything about that you've never have no but i noticed a lot of things that i'm like oh that is actually totally for sure yeah like yeah. little moments so yeah i was gonna ask as our initial opening thing uh what's mm-hmm. your totem oh <laughs> i don't Ooh. have one i like that i like all of their things because they're all very specific they are you know like the chess piece or the loaded dice or mm-hmm. the top or honestly uh, everyone's like Cobbs is actually his ring yeah, because Saito actually Saito actually picks up the top at one point, doesn't he? Well, plus it's originally his wife's. That's right. Yeah, so it's her totem. So and that is a weird one. And boy, that's oh man, I just want to jump all over the place with this movie. <laughs> I know. There's so many things. There's a lot. The whole idea that he that there he's been hiding the whole time that he essentially like messed with his wife's brain. Yeah, because he touched her totem is really it. You know Pretty what I mean? Much. Like like he went into that and he like yeah. And and that's such a potent metaphor mm-hmm. of her putting in the, the the one item that like lets her know if things are real or not, mm-hmm. and him spinning the top, trying to do it in like a benevolent no, way. No, but I mean, but yeah, like, yeah, but like even yeah. going into and spinning it in the same oh, dream mean, that they yeah, have. Yeah, you mean like visually? Yeah, yeah, that's and great. him like like I did this. Yeah, I I literally planted this in yeah. her mind. Like that's nuts. Yeah. Do you want to kind of just start towards the beginning? We can. Or- ju- I mean. I think people have hopefully seen this movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you haven't, it's on Netflix, and you should just go watch it. Oh yeah, it. it's great. We're gonna leap around a little bit. We can just yeah, we can. You want to steer through it a little like, bit? I got some. You should. Like. Yeah. Steer so through. I looked on the Wikipedia page, and they had a little thing of Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Talking about how he originally wanted to make it a heist film, right? And then it was like, kind of thought maybe not because heist films are so typically unemotional oh okay and he wanted to have it be kind of more emotional yeah um and so i think he made he tried to make it some other kind of movie and then he clearly came back to heist yeah and it is so good i really like how many heist elements are in there that put the team together immediately (laughs) apparent yeah like they're putting the team together um the fact that they're in a warehouse when they're putting the whole plan together, and they don't yep. need to be. Yeah. They could be in an office. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> There's no reason for them to be there. Um, <laughs> going through the going through the plan over and over and over. Just because it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. And because it makes us feel comfortable in this heist, I guess. Yep, watching them go through the plan and like all the yeah. little like catches they could have. The one that I thought that I thought was the funniest was there's a little thing in there that made me immediately think about Ocean's Eleven. Sure. Because Leonardo DiCaprio's character Cobb. yep his character is extremely similar to george clooney's in oceans 11 okay yeah. in that 
he's the best. Yep. Right? And he's the leader of the team. But he's got that one weakness. But he's weakness. got his, his this one weakness, his and wife. A, and it's a lady. And it's a lady. It's his wife, <laughs> who's not really his wife anymore for complicated reasons. Yes. But she's kind of still around. Oh, my gosh. This is and, pretty spot and on. And there's one person on the team who is like, do we need to be concerned about this? And he, and he yep. keeps trying to justify his behavior. He's yeah. like, nope, I got it under control. Yep. It's fine. Yep. And then it kind of is their undoing. Yes. But it also kind of makes it all work out in the end in a way that but nobody the, expected. The undoing actually works out in yeah. in his favor because he gets too emotionally, like, close gets, the loop. He becomes emotionally redeemed, kind of, yes. or whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, I just thought that was kind of funny. That is so nuts. <laughs> and extremely spot on. Like, they could not... I it. I don't know if he was doing a bit, you know, or if he really likes Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, he must really like or it. something, because, uh, yeah, I don't know, I just thought that was funny. That is really good. I'm trying to think of, like, who the analogs for each one is, because that sort of makes... It's not quite one-to-one, because Ariadne is the one who... Who knows. Who knows, and but she's, she's also the newest person on the team. Yes, so she's so they not... Kinda, they kind of combine Brad Pitt and, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. She's not just her. She's Rusty and Linus. Yeah. Which may, there's it's fewer people. It's only yeah. five people and not eleven. So yeah. you got to do some of that. <laughs> which is kind of funny though because that they, also makes Tom Hardy the old dude. Yeah, which I also love. Yeah, well, and yeah, it does. And but they kind of took away Joseph Gordon-Levitt's job in that. You'd think he would be the one who'd be the Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's true. That. He is kind you of. You think the, he'd be the one the who second. knows? Well, he does because he gives her the the history. Yeah, he just doesn't know. The full story, like exactly. like she is finding out. Well, you'd think he'd be the one who's going to Cobb and being like, "Do we have a problem?" You yeah. know, like kind of he kind of does, does in the warehouse yeah. or in in the dream level one. Yeah, in the first one. Yeah, but then he kind of just drops it. I guess. Yeah, I guess he's so. not concerned. Man, he's that is wild. They never put that together, but that's so spot on. Yeah, I thought it was really funny, but I also thought it was funny in it being. I, just in reading that quote from Christopher Nolan about how he kind of didn't want to do a heist, but then he decided to do one anyway. Yeah, I thought it was funny how. The emotionlessness of heists is why he didn't want to do that. Right. And then there's a scene in their montage of plan making where they're basically going through the idea of like building emotions. Oh, yes, totally. (laughs) Like, here's how emotions are created. (laughs) In the depths of your heart, you have an idea. (laughs) And that grows into a, you know, a feeling. And it's like, it's almost like... A clinical breakdown of how emotion works. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like... And I don't know if he was explicitly trying to make a jump the gap between heist movies and making this an emotional movie. Yeah. Like preparing us or if it is just pure exposition. I think it's a little of both. Yeah. I think I think it's emotion in the only way that Christopher Nolan can <laughs> yeah. can express it, which yeah. is to say like I feel this for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to just really on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. He's I not, think so too. <laughs> he's not a man of subtle This like, is how emotions happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I actually want to talk about the casting in this movie a little bit. Yeah. Uh, one that like Leo was clearly on a tear at this point. He'd been in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. This made him like cool with like the Oscar nerds a little bit. I can see that. Not you in mean, the sense that like or, not like, people who actually vote for Oscars, yes. but like you know, like not like the people who were like Revolutionary Road. He was good yeah. in that one, but the people who were like mad that the Dark Knight didn't get nominated, yeah. <laughs> like those type of people yeah. who like make who like don't realize that it's all about some dumb Academy people who don't think people put in their time enough. Yeah. 
or but, yeah, and just people who people who vote on IMDb. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is it. This made him popular with the IMDb folks. Yeah, picking up a new audience. Yeah, I think it did. It, it gave him the nerd audience because that they he didn't pr- have. They probably before thought of him as being he was the, Titanic the guy. good boy or the pretty boy in Titanic. Yeah, exactly. And actually, he's pretty smart of him. Yeah, I think so. I think it really. And you know, before the year before, he was in Shutter Island, and I think that probably helped him yeah, too. Yeah, and you know, obviously, the, the Departed and Gangs of New York. Scorsese was really doing stuff with him too but that's like an interesting one it, it it's the most one that it just looks exactly like christopher nolan like yeah. the same slick back hair and everything <laughs> yeah. apparently in the new one tenant uh robert pattinson looks exactly like the same haircut like yes. slick back like too long in the back a little bit <laughs> do you think christopher nolan and i he's the, gotta be like, aware by this point well, right just do you think that he and the person who's in charge of like hair, makeup, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. do you think he's like that honest with them about it? Or do you think they've just gathered at this point that that's what he wants? Like, do you think he's truly honest with himself about it? I could totally see someone he's who's a, a, a successful film director yeah. being somebody who couldn't do that. Who couldn't like bridge that mental gap. <laughs> right, right, totally. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. That would be, he seems pretty aware, but also pretty emotionless. Yeah. In a weird way. I wonder way. if he's ever addressed it. Someone has to have asked him. He had to have at some point, right? Yeah. He sees the Because like the people obviously, like Quentin Tarantino this last time around was clearly doing a joke about how much he loves feet. Oh yeah. You know? He knows. So like, I wonder at what point Christopher Nolan is going to do that. Yep. Like maybe like have a cast of like, too many people who all have the same haircut and that's like part of the plot that it's confusing you know like a confusion of identity or yeah something. that'd be very good i like that yeah and then you know joseph gordon levitt mm-hmm. probably at the height of his popularity too in terms yeah, of like maybe. movies because yeah. it was that 500 days of summer yeah that's true i mean not brick wasn't that popular but he had yeah. indie cred you know there were some other ones um mm-hmm. but i haven't seen him much lately yeah and then, you know, like, Tom Hardy, like, pick him up before he got big. Uh-huh. Not in a big role, but, like, in an interesting role. And then, like, all of the standard... Oh, and also, sorry, yeah. um, the lady that plays Maul. Um, Marion Cotillard. Marion Cotillard. Holy cow, she's good. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's, just, she is, I think, her character is somebody that I have a very hard time imagining anyone else other than her doing it. Oh, seriously. Because she's such a crazy combo of, yeah. like, the kind of... She's, like, vulnerable and a little insane. Yeah. Definitely unhinged in a in a way yeah. that she only could be if she was like a person who was driven to insanity. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's really tremendous. And then you know, obviously Michael Caine. Okay. Yeah. Also, Ellen Page. <laughs> oh yeah. Did great. I thought. I don't know if they wanted her to be. I don't know. Her character is so interesting because at sometimes she almost seems like a neutral audience stand-in type. You know, yeah, like they're the new sure. person who needs everything explained to yep. them and all that. She's the surrogate in that. But she's very. I forgot how much of a troublemaker she is in yeah. the movie and how she constantly... She's digging too deep. She's digging she too deep. She goes into his dream she's, and she stuff. She breaks and... the rules a lot. Yeah. In in a way that no one else is really willing to do. I mean, Cobb kind of is, but in more of like a tragic, desperate way. Yes. And she is... Cobb's always kind of cover, cover his tracks. And yeah. She's just investigating yeah Yeah. which is good and that's so i I forget about that scene and how good it is how they're literally going through the elevator of all of his like memories yeah and she kind of just blends in there yeah like because everybody else other than her is kind of like a big person yeah like personality not really joseph gordon levitt but like yep i just think it's even to have her be present with these scenes of Leonardo DiCaprio and Marion Cotillard just really getting after it oh, acting man. wise seriously and to have her be 
there and you kind of like remember that she's there but not in such a way that it feels weird that she's present for their very personal moments also when she steps on the glass and marion cotillard turns and looks at her is one of the most terrifying moments in many movies it's like just it's like it's like pan's labyrinth or something oh it's so freaky yeah it's great man that's a great scene um (laughs) But she is great in that too. And then I wanted to uh, the one I think that everyone forgets about is Killian Murphy and mm-hmm. the whoever plays the lawyer guy or like his like his father figure. His, yeah, mm-hmm. his father figure guy is so. Where do you get that guy from? Yeah, never he's seen that so guy before like, in my life. He's like an upsetting person mm-hmm, in a weird mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. He's so he seems so scummy. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. He seems like he could be very honest, but also very dishonest. Yeah. Actually, kind of the same with the scientist. Yeah. The chemist guy. He's a little he, tricky. He's yeah. a little bit like a salesman guy. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, it, I think that plays in very well for <laughs> I even commented while watching it, like, how hilarious is it that the entire plan hinges on the driving skills of this guy who's just the chemistry guy? Yeah, like, why? <laughs> I know, like, he needs to come along. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, why did he need to do that? It is a little insane. But it, it is funny because it it's kind of a comedy of errors for him. Yeah. So he kind of balances that, I think, really good. Right. Because he and... doesn't seem... I was going to say, I don't think he seems malicious because that no. shot where it's him standing in the rain... Yeah, and then everyone's like, "You didn't pee before you." <laughs> like, and, and and he's so such a sad sack at that and point. I, and I think they balanced the like uh, maliciousness of being like an underground drug dealer. Yeah, by kind of in the scene where he's introduced, where they show all the people sleeping. Yeah, and that he's not like doing anything bad. Yeah, they're just trying to you know this isn't illegal. Yeah, they're just trying to like escape or yeah, whatever. Totally. Um, so he's like a nice guy, but he's also like trying to make money or yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's got secrets and all that. Also, Saito, great. Oh man, he uh, is. Good. What is his name again? Ken. What time? Ken Watanabe. Watanabe. Oh man, he's great. I just got done watching The Irishman. Yeah. Also the other day. Okay. And that has a lot of like de aging. Uh, yes. Totally. And then watching him be a super duper old guy in this made me reaffirm aging definitely more effective than de-aging yeah right (laughs) it's so much easier to act like a very very old person yes (laughs) and he does a good job he doesn't have to do it that much is the trick he's great speaking of his like old man character yeah in every christopher nolan movie Mm -hmm. not every but a lot he does like the extreme flash forward to the end Mm-hmm. Just as like a confusing thing, yeah. And then he comes back to it, and you're just like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you forget about that scene? He does a good job of just obliterating you with other information, right? Yeah. Because I always forget, yeah, that that's like the opening scene of the whole movie is him is Cobb washing up on the beach and yeah. meeting this old guy, and we have no idea what they're talking. I about. I think it helps that we have no concept of where they are. Yeah. If we already knew about Limbo as a concept, then maybe we would remember it. But it's such a right. bizarre situation. It, but that's the thing is that, you know, generally um, in media res mm-hmm. is kind of a frustrating yeah. thing mm-hmm. because it really, it seems like a cheat Yeah, on a lot, a lot of ways. It really, you know, like when you see it, usually it's just like. The record scratch, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're probably you're wondering, wondering, you're how, probably I wondering how I got here. Yeah, <laughs> but with this, it's so good because it, it's literally just tone. Yeah, like they just want you. They do want you to be confused, but they do want you. You know, you see the beach and you see like this old guy and you see this weird. Mm-hmm. They're talking in like like haiku almost. And I think it's important to set that tone because 
in the way that it is kind of a heist movie, but that's not what they're going for at all. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, if it did open with the beginning of the action, yeah. then it would seem a little flippant, maybe. It and makes you feel like they're in a dream right off the bat. Yeah, and people maybe wouldn't expect the movie to go where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, I got to talk about In Media Res, because Please. I was thinking about this also. Uh, in Media Res, for those who don't know the term, it's when they start in the middle of the action. And then they do a flashback to how it all um, started. I thought it was really funny how when he is when Cobb is showing Ariadne how inception work or yes. how the dream machine works or yep. whatever i thought it was really funny how so they're they're, they're suddenly in this other location they're sitting outside yep. they're eating and he's like do you remember how we got here and as the viewer you see her being like oh how did we get here uh, and i think but, it's funny because it's almost like he's mocking the idea of movie editing <laughs> because as the viewer yeah we obviously wouldn't be wondering how they got there because it happens in movies all the time right <laughs> like that's how all movies function is people are just they're in a different place now don't worry about it yeah totally and for us to almost be told like hey hey why didn't you think about how they got here <laughs> you know? it's kind of funny and like well him, like, it's it's especially good okay well, we can let's dive in well and it. also just i just gotta say because yeah so much of the mo- action of the movie is underway already Yes. Everybody's storylines are halfway through. Yeah. And I just think that's interesting that that's clearly an aspect of the whole process that Christopher Nolan thinks is interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's what I want to say. Let's let's get into the filmmaking, like, analog of it and how it is kind of perfect even if he didn't specifically do it. Yeah. But it really is, right? I mean, like, you... You have set designers. Yep. Set designers. You have direct... You like, the director. Yeah. You have actors, like, specifically that are, like, playing other parts. Yeah, that are pretending to be other people. Uh, Writers. You've got Saito's the producer. Yeah. Who's clearly just there, like, watching (laughs) and making sure his investment is... Yeah. Gonna be made back. He kind of meddles and nobody likes it. (laughs) They're, like, carrying him by the end. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It It is... And then, you know, the whole thing is actually... The heist is actually pulling off... Yeah. The movie in some way. And, and that they're trying to fool somebody into having a feeling. Yes. Which is clearly wow. what Christopher Nolan likes about movies. Yes, exactly. Portraying emotions to other people. Tricking and honestly, you into if you have things. if you have other goals with filmmaking, I don't even know what your yeah, deal is. That's sure. Uh, you know, like um, but that you're trying to at the very least portray your emotions to other people. Right. Or your feelings about whatever situation. Yeah. I like how, yeah, it kind of makes Fisher the audience, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, you're not. No, you're not wrong. That's that's pretty good. And, or, yeah. and they're and they're jumping to all these different locations yeah. to sort of wow him, disorient him. Yeah, my favorite of all of that was so when they're in the final section. The, with, with the hospital and they're skiing in the whole yeah the, the bond snow. the bond section yeah that's what made me laugh about it was that it's like wow they're really tricking this guy partially by making him think he's the hero yes of the whole situation yeah basically in in a way that he would understand <laughs> as someone who presumably lives in our world and has seen james bond right totally <laughs> like making him like do all this heroic stuff and yep. like save the day kind of yeah totally and how that is kind of how they get people in our world too mm-hmm. is by oh this guy's just like you but he's saving the day he's an audience you know? surrogate. like it which I'm not going to say it's, like, insulting to us, but, like, it is kind of funny. It is kind of insulting to us. It is that, a little bit that we just want to see ourselves yeah, on of course. TV, but better. I think it's kind of true. This whole thing's kind of insulting to me now that you mention yeah, it. Yeah, but 
But to make you feel better, it's also insulting to Christopher Nolan because he so nakedly shows what his that, goal that it, is. That the entire point of it is just for him to work through his own personal problems. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> by making this movie and showing it to us. What happened to Christopher Nolan's wife? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Actually, he's married to the other producer of the movie, who he's been married to since he was like twenty. Ah, and they they produce like all of the movies together. Well, there you so, go. So they seem to have a great thing going. <laughs> from as far as you can tell, from yes, you know totally. not knowing them at all. Yeah. So anyway, wow, that is incredible. <laughs> so I don't know what emotions he's drawing on there yeah uh whatever (laughs) okay so now i want to sorry i'm like steering Mm -hmm. it into the specific things i really want to talk about i do want to talk about the theory that the whole the whole movie is set up yes for Cobb yes to be incepted of the idea that he needs to let go of the fact that he killed yes okay i haven't read anything about this i didn't know anyone thought this until other than me until just now and it kind of makes sense like i'm not like that vein that i really think i thought this up i was a guy who went on you know (laughs) our movie details or whatever and like would always like see like what do you think about this plot yeah yeah you know so i i while we were watching or while i was yeah i want to hear your your notes and i want to see if you miss any i wrote some stuff down yep um and some of it i thought i was like whoa you know um (laughs) sorry to like burst (laughs) that's fine so in the movie their plan with fisher yes is that they're going to Go into his mind. Yep. And one of them is going to impersonate a guy he knows. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go another level into his mind again. Yes. And he will project his newfound view of this person into his own subconscious, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in with Fisher, the situation was that I can't remember. In, in, in level one. That the actor guy, what's his name? Oh, uh, Tom Hardy's in character. Level, then in level one, Tom Hardy will pretend to be his father figure yes. and suggest to him this idea, yep. right? And then in when they go down another level, that this sub this new subconscious projection of that person will still be talking about that same idea. Yeah, but 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 will cause suspicion. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and in the movie, yes, the first person to mention the idea of him feeling guilty about his wife's death is Ariadne to no, him really? in, in level one in level one when they are in um are you saying in the, in the big, real world or in level one level in one? level in level one like the warehouse got it where okay. they're having the big shootout rain world that's the first time where anybody brings up to him whether or not he should feel guilty about his wife's death whether or not he actually killed her right oh my gosh okay then the other part of it yeah is that um i'm upset i didn't even see this. <laughs> yeah um the other part that i thought was really interesting was so presumably then in yes. the lower levels yeah he will bring in his own new projection of Ariadne who has previously talked to him about this right okay so in the level with all the snow and everything yeah You're she's missing... the one who tries to convince him that the version of Maul that shows up yeah isn't real right like because yes. he like has a sniper rifle right right and right she's right. like she's not real shooter yep. mm-hmm. right which is kind of in the same way with Fisher. So with Fisher and his father figure, his father figure kind of becomes somewhat of an antagonist to him in the yes. next level. Yep, yep. And so, and kind of the same with Ariadne with Cobb. In the hotel or in the third level? Yeah, in the third level. Okay. So anyway, sorry. I'm, no, this it's is... It's hard to explain. That is interesting. Basically, the point is... So you're is, saying that Ariadne pretty much past level one is just a projection of him and... Whether or not she is, yeah, she's either way. She's the person who's giving him all these ideas. Yes, and and they're doing it in that met same method. And they also introduce the idea that 
of essentially telling the person who's being targeted yeah that we're actually that we're going into one person's dream yeah when actually they're going to his dreams oh. because they tell Fisher that we're going to go into your father figure's dreams right once they're in level 2 yep to go down to level 3 yes so basically <laughs> so confusing but I'm I know, I'm right? with you I'm with you So basically when they get into limbo yeah the whole realization that he's trying to have the entire time which is that this new version of Maul yep isn't real yep it's it's only his projection of her yeah which is essentially like a simplified version of the next one the next level up which is that he doesn't need to feel guilty about yeah. her death because she's not real she's not real yes and then it so it kind of becomes the you know an idea grows into a feeling like how they're yeah yeah totally and it's also suggested to him by other people pretty much the whole way yeah true wow yeah. that is good so um, i just thought it was interesting how how just the effect really if that all confused you, which honestly confused me and I said it, <laughs> um, what it really comes down to is the fact that Ariadne, the whole time, is, is pretty much hanging over his shoulder, his therapist. giving him ideas. Yeah. It's not even that she's responding to the things that he's saying. Sure, She's sure. straight up feeding him ideas. Okay, gotcha, yeah. And it eventually is the thing that he learns is true. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... Oh, boy. And it so, kind of gives him the deep-seated idea that he, when he comes to, he shouldn't feel guilty about her death. That is actually not what I expected you to say at all. Okay. You went into a much deeper <laughs> and better an- analysis Got than it. a lot of the analysis, internet analysis, yeah. is that the real world that we see is actually the top level of the dream. Yeah. You, which, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, that's the part I was aware of. Sure, like Kobold... Enterprises yeah. is like his subconscious and trying to wake Maul, him up. Maul suggests that to him in Limbo. Right. She says like, oh, what? You think your world is real? Yeah. These unnamed figures are always coming after you with guns. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know? Yep. So that's um, pretty much in the movie. It's true. But, um, and just the idea that, oh man, I'm sorry. I had a lot more when I was watching it yeah. and I did not take notes <laughs> like you did. Um, but the whole idea that, you know, his totem is his ring and you see like different scenes where his ring is on or off and uh-huh. stuff like that. And that supposedly is like, does that mean it's a real world or is it the oh, one that he actually sure. has his totem or whatever? And um, that's always the part of it that never interested me that much. Sure. Like even when people talk about like the top spinning, the, at the movie end, details, stuff. which is incredible ending. Like, yeah. The top is, and, and you're waiting to see if it's going to fall. Or it not, is kind of perfect. And it just cuts. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I really think that it's not real. I don't think Christopher Nolan did like put secrets in there to like no 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 i'm pretty sure he said that that it's kind of just meant to be ambiguous sure i still do think the ring thing is you can actually do a shot by shot breakdown of like what if his ring is on or not and oh yeah if he's in the real world or not oh like yeah i get what you're saying and um that like when he's in other people's streams he doesn't have his ring on yes yeah no that hmm I'd have to look again. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But I think it's but that, that kind of a thing. I think it's that he does because that's his actual totem. Got it. And we don't see it in the real world because he's not wearing it. But along with that, I really think the the movie actually introduces a very insidious idea that we don't ever really talk about, uh-huh. which is that inducing the idea that your world isn't real to someone uh-huh. is absolutely crazy. <laughs> well, like the idea that, you know, this is like the thing that's haunting yeah. him that like his wife might have been right. Yeah. Like living your whole life like you still need to wake up and all you need to do is commit suicide uh-huh. is 
terrifying. Yeah. Right? Do you ever think that? Like well, that like that would be a yeah. in the world of the movie, I just think that is it, do, you that, that, do you mean that in the sense that like he should feel guilty for killing his wife? No. Or just that, that he seems miserable. No, that he that he constantly should be thinking like Maybe she was right. Maybe I should just kill myself now and I'll join her. Yeah. In the is, real world. That is you know very what I mean? dark. Like, that's so dark. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the thing. And he doesn't really, I mean, you know, he's kind of saying it with the top and stuff and trying mm-hmm. to spin it and stuff you like that. You see him stressing about Yeah, stuff. but like, he's always worried that, because he's been under so many times and yeah. stuff. But that's a crazy thing to implant in someone's mind that like, yeah. if you just like, you're just not at the right, the top level yet. Well, and clearly, so at, in Limbo. Yeah. At the end of the movie, that that mall that's there is clearly just an invention of his own mind. Yes. So clearly he is he's got that rattling around in his brain somewhere. Right. You know. Yeah. I wonder how much he consciously thinks about it. That's what he I. He seems very invested in everything he does in the real world. Right. Of course. Because um, he wants to get back to his kids and all. Yeah. That. But which I think. It's but that's funny. her whole. That's what's so good about her arguments is that yeah. like. Those aren't your real kids. Like, yeah, you can well, just like she's countering the thing that he already knows about his own wife in yeah. any of lo- these levels. Yeah, it it's funny because that does kind of improve the theory that someone is incepting him. Yeah, because he clearly has major problems functioning in regular life. Oh my gosh! And yeah. and if he isn't consciously thinking that he might not be in the real world, it clearly is in his brain somewhere. Yeah. So like. If he's unable to comprehend consciously the thing that's driving him insane, <laughs> that would be someone who you would want to do Inception on. Yeah, totally. If you, I don't know, if the technology in this world is developed to the point where, you know, that's just an option. It sure seems like It's not like that it. risky, really. So the question, well, and the, well, obviously, that's the whole point of the movie is that we are told that Inception doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like essentially, no one has been able to pull it off except for Cobb. Mm-hmm. And the only reason Cobb's been able to do that is because he's one of the few people that was willing to stay in limbo. Yeah. Because that will because he was willing to go to the point where it might break your brain. Yeah, pretty much. And I assume because it was very experimental and he, they were probably the first people to try. That's true. Yeah. And probably and it seems like you have to kind of want to do it. Yeah. Well, I was know? just going to say like like what is the medical modern like, equivalent? Yeah, or no, just that like in that world, do you think, like, psychologists are just like, let's go in, baby? That's the thing, is, like, if someone is trying to incept yeah. Cobb, sure. I think it would have to be a scenario where, if his if, if the real world as depicted in the movie is fake, yep. it would have to be that they created a fake world for him in which Inception is actually harder than it really is. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> the only reason they try Incepting this guy in the first place is because it's essentially, like... Cobb is really the only one who understands the risks involved in Inception. Yeah. And no one else would go through with it if it was actually that difficult because he literally is in a situation where he's going to get on an airplane. When the airplane lands, he's going to either go to prison for the rest of his life or see his kids again. (laughs) Those are the only two scenarios. Yeah. And no one else would go along with it if they knew those were the risks. Right. If there was a possibility that, like, if you die in this dream, you actually are screwed forever. Right. You go to, like, insanity hell. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So, like, clearly no one would go along with it Mm -hmm. if it was actually that dangerous to bother fixing Cobb's personal life. Yeah. Or, like, to bother fixing Cobb's psyche. So... 
I imagine either <laughs> that's not happening and all of this is real. Or Cobb's a big or, enough investment that or, they need to well, fix him so that, that he be. can keep in- incepting. Or Inception is actually much easier than depicted in the movie. Sure. Because the sure. movie's fake. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while we were saying that um, yeah. and, the, and the psychology thing, yeah. I just thought of a much more insidious use of Nice, I of love Inception. that. <laughs> Thinking of it in the modern cog like work thing, Yeah. where... Because clearly these guys put together a heist in like a week by going into the dream world like over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Where it's like, so every five minutes we can do an hour's worth of work. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like having that in your office (laughs) and being like, all right, we're going into this meeting and it's like, we're doing a five minute meeting and then you're sitting in the dream world for a full (laughs) hour. But it's like the exact same as your like beige office. Yeah. You're just. Boy, that would be bad. Pulling in all this dream logic. Yeah. I'm, I'm kinda, Your boss is turning into like a giant dog or whatever. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't get into too much of the details. I thought we were going to say is that the only people who would have the motivation to fix Cobb yeah. would be Cobalt. Oh, absolutely. Um, his employers, yeah. His employers, and that they actually probably would only need to put in one other person with him because they could just... They would only need to go one level in yeah. and have Ariadne be the one person. I like the idea that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like an employee of the company. Well, or and he's just, the one that's like being like, that. Like, let's introduce you to Ariadne. Or just a projection of Cobb. That's true. That he would, he, you know, that'd be but fine. But you got you to have one. Yeah. You got to have, well, and the, the trick is that everyone's got to have, for every dream you go down, it's got to be someone's dream. So ultimately, there's got to be at least three people. Well, except... They... For, actually, oh, four yeah, people. you're right. So, there's got to be four people. Yeah, okay. Shoot. So, no, that's okay. <laughs> I just mean it's, it's a lot of people to risk their lives, essentially, oh, for fixing Cobb. That's true. But, well, but that's nuts. even implying that if the real world is is, is yeah. not real, that the chemist is just like, oh, yeah, you got to fix it. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you don't fix it, you'll die. They just lied to them, too. Yeah, like, that's the thing. <laughs> How much. Is, <laughs> That's where you get into like the true insanity of analyzing the type of movies with it, yeah. which is like who's lying? To yeah, you? we're really getting away from our own, <laughs> our own thing of part of what's magic about the movie Inception. Yeah, is that watching the movie for the first time, you don't think about any of that. No, I don't know anybody who thought of that stuff nope. the first time around. Anyone that tells you that they knew where the movie was going is lying. Yeah, or that they noticed really. Any maybe they'd notice one plot hole. Yeah, but if you're gonna notice like a bunch of plot holes, people who are you're mad weird. coming out of a movie and like having thought of a bunch of plot holes if are you- are always so. I always assume they're lying because I don't think anyone, and and they're never able to explain them very well. They're just mad. <laughs> well, if the movie sucks, yeah, if the movie I could sucks, see yes. someone being like having some sense of cognitive dissonance. That's I came upsetting. out of yeah, I came out of Rise of Skywalker and like had a bunch sure. of plot holes, but that was just like a shit written movie. You know what but I mean? Like, it was if, just bad. But. but like for ones that are that have a structure, well hidden. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's why. That's what I think makes this such a good movie yeah and also what i think christopher nolan is good at is and I've, I've said this example before i don't know if it was on the podcast or not but in the dark knight yeah or no i think it's in the dark knight rises yes there's a scene where uh batman g- drives his motorcycle into a tunnel during the daytime it's actually the first one and it's... drives out at night 
I'm pretty sure it's after the the giant stock market robbery of. Oh yes, he, I was gonna say it does also happen in the first movie with just the regu- the first time he has the Batmobile. Oh yeah, yeah. He drives in a tunnel in the daytime and drives out at nighttime, yep. and nobody realizes it. Yeah, because it's a movie, and because Christopher Nolan's pretty good at doing that. Um, and right. I think part of what is great about this movie is I think it's him reveling in how good he is at it <laughs> and not like showing off necessarily yeah, but but i think he's making a point about how movie magic is great yeah <laughs> and about how you can kind of trick people and the details genuinely do not matter a lot of the time oh absolutely and to focus on pointless details is dumb yeah <laughs> and a waste of time getting it outside of the like way over analysis sure what's the coolest scene I still think the fighting in the hotel the hallway, hallway, the hallway spinning ho- hotel hallway is just so cool. It's so right? great, still. I think because it's just so real. Because he yeah. actually built the thing in this, like rotated it. And I think they did such a great job of showing how it could be possible in like the gravity of every yeah, like when the car would tilt a little bit, how everything would tilt a little bit. Yep. Without make it, it's almost like when it comes around. When it starts flipping around mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa, you you have that moment of th- of realizing that you didn't expect it to do that, but also not being surprised. Like it's perfectly like, logical within the rules. Yeah, almost put like you, in there. part of you knew that that could have happened, yeah. but you just didn't think of it. That's just really cool. It's almost like really good twists, you yeah. know, where it's like, I, I didn't expect, I didn't see that coming, but I can... I now understand how I could have seen it coming. <laughs> yeah, uh, totally. Because if, if something just comes out of nowhere, right? if the van flipped and it was the first time the gravity was changed, it would yeah. be very dumb. Yep, yep. <laughs> they would have had to like, do exposition during a fight. Yeah. It would have been terrible. <laughs> yeah, that would have been um, weird. It still looks so cool, though. It's so I cool. Think, I did think that looked a lot cooler than when there was zero gravity. Yeah. That, I, I, that, that seemed to kind of drag out a little bit. It did. The other one I really thought was good just is just like any scene in Limbo. Just the mm-hmm. idea that there, there's all these like rows and rows and rows and rows. Like the infinite dream space of like rows of buildings. I liked how... And it's on a beach. And yeah. like they go back in again way later and all of it's falling apart. I liked how when he shows up with Ariadne that she's just like, this is incredible. And I'm sitting there watching like, is it? Like it's <laughs> yeah. a bunch of like dead buildings and like there's no plant life at all in the entire place. Right. But it's almost like a universe that architects would think is amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's it. And, you know? and we're not in the dream, so we're not feeling like the dreamlike yeah. logic of how amazing everything yeah. is. So maybe if we were in, <laughs> we were dreaming it, we'd be like, this is amazing. But it clearly is very daunting. Yeah, so for sure. It, that part gets portrayed accurately yeah. i just thought that was funny about how impressed like there there are a lot of times. wow buildings <laughs> yeah there all are, these buildings look exactly the same that's incredible one of the things that i also thought was funny watching it this time around and thinking about it too much you yeah. know while i'm watching it like we like we have yeah is how time. frequently we are basically just told how things are yeah. like that as an example of her just saying this is incredible <laughs> and yeah. and that we're just like okay yeah. Like that, I think is really a sign that he they're really bringing you along successfully. Is and the other thing I thought about it with is how the kicks work. Yes, it doesn't really track. The, if the van flipped, they sh- he should wake up. And like even even with the when the van goes off the bridge, like the first kick as they call it. Yeah, everyone in the third level didn't wake up. Joseph Gordon Levitt should have woken up. He was awake in the second level. So I've thought about this when they talk about how they missed the kick. Yeah. 
it seems like to me yeah when i was watching Mm -hmm. the logic is that you need to be awake like if you're two levels down you miss it exactly yeah but joseph gordon levitt was awake in that level the whole time he never went in so he should have caught the first kick true but that's what i mean for some reason i feel like since everyone else is like in there still yeah my point is i don't know my point You're is right. it doesn't that make once sense. again i don't think anybody caught that the first time around nope because constantly characters are saying the kick, we missed the kick, it the kick. or this is what's gonna happen yep this is when we're gonna wake up yep and you just go along with it yeah absolutely <laughs> and like uh, we have if, to leave you in the lim- in limbo. I'll go save Saito from limbo. Like, yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. Why not? And and you just don't think about it because no one told you to. Yeah. <laughs> and because fun stuff is happening. Yeah. You know, like they're focusing on these other things. And they do such a good job of like even having all the stakes that are out there are just right out in front of yeah. it. Like si- like Saito's dying. Mm-hmm. He got shot in mm-hmm. level one, and so. By the time he hits level three, you know, like he's probably gonna die, yeah. and then he'll be in limbo, and his brain's gonna get scrambled. Yeah. So if you, we better fix it before then, yeah. or you better go save him. Yeah, I just there's just so many times where they'd be like three different people in three completely different situations. Yep, something happens to all of them, and then only one of them kind of gives like a almost like a dismissal of just like. That's why this didn't happen. Yeah. But he's only really talking about himself, and it doesn't really apply to everyone else, yep. but it doesn't matter. <laughs> You're like, your your internal, uh, the contradictions in your mind mm-hmm. have been dissolved. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, they took care of it. Uh, don't worry about it. Or do worry about it. Yeah. Like, this is important. Totally. I don't know. I just think it's great. Okay. Uh, last thing. Mm-hmm. This movie is uh, guilty for the six years of bad trailers. Oh, do yeah. we hold that against it? This this introduced the bomb. I gotta say, but it's no. plot relevant. Yeah, I gotta say no, partially because the that sound was surprisingly restrained in the movie. Yeah, um, I guess I remembered it being just like all over the place, right? And it was not, and it really wasn't. I don't think so because there are other problems with trailers that I think are bigger. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> We can forgive it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And also, I think, actually, so Hans Zimmer did the music, right? Yep. Um, and he... It's good music. Yeah, it's awesome. I listen to the soundtrack outside it, of... It's incredibly good. Yeah. And he actually was, like, a big guy in, like, using electronic means of making sure. music for movies, which is also why so many trailers for a while were very drum-heavy. Oh, Because it was easy for him to do that by himself. Yeah, totally. So, like, for a lot of, like, very, you know, those kinetic action drums yep, that yep. are constantly happening, most of that was because it was easier to have Hans Zimmer do it himself than oh, it was funny. to get an orchestra together. Yeah, I suppose so. So, anyway. <laughs> we can just blame think, him specifically. I think worth it. Yeah. It is very iconic. I'll try it, and put a blomp or two in yeah, the, and I'll edit some in. <laughs> Maybe whenever one of us has a good idea. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. <laughs> We've incepted this into your brain. This is a good <laughs> yeah, movie. Whenever we give you, the listener, a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Bob. 